On this edition of the Iowa Business Report. Interns who convert to full-time generally have long relationships with an organization, so it really does have a benefit on several levels. The start of summer means future employees starting internships. How has that changed in the wake of COVID-19? The Iowa General Assembly gavels back into session on Wednesday, drafting a new fiscal year budget based on uncertain revenues. And we'll learn about a Cedar Rapids-based business that has rising expectations. This is the Iowa Business Report for the final weekend of May 2020. The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry. The Iowa Association of Business and Industry has been the voice of Iowa business since 1903. Learn more online at iowaabi.org. Here is Jeff Stein. Many businesses select their new employees from the ranks of past interns, students who have spent time working in the company during the summer or the academic year. Then came the spring global pandemic, which upset everyone's plans. Now that businesses are reopening to a larger degree each and every week, how are those planned internships impacted? Kathy Wheeland is Director of Career Services for the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University. Students who engage in really any form of experiential learning, call it whatever you will, internship, practicum, externship, job shadow, I mean, really any kind of experiential learning, we have data that supports that it helps them to transition from Iowa State in both higher order roles, better paying roles, as well as more quickly. So that internship or experiential learning experience really paves the road for them in terms of how readily they transition. It's very critical. So many fields now require that internship or that job experience. How has the pandemic affected your ability to work with your students, work with the businesses that obviously are excellent partners, in order to still have the educational outcome that you intend? We've been so fortunate and um, so pleased by the response of uh, many of the employers of Iowa State interns because they were able to very quickly pivot and be able to engage most of our interns virtually. So we uh, were impressed with their responsiveness. For the most part, many of the internships held and companies just changed their orientation to how they were working with the students and it's gone very well. This struck literally in the middle of a semester and so you already had people on site, they already knew the site supervisor, et cetera, and the companies themselves were in a whole new world of working from home, working remotely, transitioning. How do you anticipate things working out this summer when the student may not have the experience with that individual employer? It's got to be a little more challenging because, again, probably easier to finish something up that was started as opposed to start an entirely new relationship as the business now is evolving yet again to a new stage. I think the onboarding process was probably one of the biggest challenges for companies and organizations that were hosting interns. I think they're very concerned about doing that well. 
because you know how important it is to onboard um, new talent in a really positive way. I saw a lot of unique uh, things online in terms of, you know, them having a staggered drive-in just to pick up equipment and companies really innovating to be able to be successful with the new interns. And again, uh, it really impressed me. You know, it's difficult for companies that weren't able to retain interns. And I know they, they felt um, badly about that, but it was neat to see what companies did to really push the edge of how you onboard people successfully. Did you find that there were some, to your point, who had to say, we love having Iowa State students. That's how we grow our talent as full-time employees, but we just can't do it now because we can't offer them the type of experience or we don't have the time to invest. Did you find that a lot? We did. Initially, we were very concerned about um, the number of internship programs and internships that would be canceled. Uh, That has resolved itself by and large now at this point. Um, And it looks like from the Ivy College perspective that we lost about 5% of what we expect for an overall internship year. The companies in financial services and professional services and tech and transportation and, um, you know, the industries that have been doing really pretty well during this time, they were able to, to hold by and large. But there were some, especially organizations where, you know, the work involved hands-on in a facility that just didn't feel like they could make that turn. Um, And and we understood that. 5% does not sound like a lot to me, given the scope of the situation. That really either shows that businesses understand the importance of this career development or that they really valued the overall relationship and were going to make sure they could honor their agreements. 5% seems a very pleasantly surprising low number to me. I I felt the same way about it myself. I think it's a a combination of things, as you suggest, um, but the investment that they've already made to be able to be successful in making the hires of this fresh college talent, the future opportunities that they need to have the students prepared in their pipeline, Um, you know, commitment and honor and (laughs) words like that are ones (laughs) we use here at Iowa State, as you know, and I heard that from our companies and organizations that they want to honor their word just as much as we expect students to honor their word. So, yeah, it was actually, you know, it it was a, a pleasant surprise. Talk, if you will, about why it is so important, not just for the student in having the ability to connect the classroom learning to the real world, but also the stories you hear from employers who find it just absolutely necessary as they try to perpetuate their business, their industry, because they take their profession very seriously. Sure. So, you know, I talked about the investment of making hires, but this investment of kind of taking a trial period or a test run or a test drive or whatever you want to call it through the internship to determine the fit for organizations. I think many firms have really discovered that that's a huge cost savings because they can very quickly in, you know, three short months, 
uh, determine whether there's a future with the individual uh, and vice versa. So uh, as you know, turnover is expensive for companies. Um, loss of talent is not good for their organization in, in several ways. So interns kind of solve that issue because the interns who convert to full-time generally have long relationships with an organization. So uh, I think they've learned that it really does have a benefit on several levels. We still have good students that are available. As I mentioned, I did have a number of students that had internships rescinded. We've had several of those report getting new internships. But if anybody out there has opportunity in their organization for good Iowa State talent, we're ready for you. So career services, people such as myself are working to try to find new opportunities and new positions for Iowa State students. And that's true whether or not we have a different work environment. You're always looking for businesses that may not realize the importance of this connection. You want to be introduced to them so you can then introduce them to their next employee. Exactly. And the interns, I generally always have two to three working with our staff um, and they always exceed our expectations. They're so bright and they're so interested. And I can hardly think of a time when it hasn't been really positive for our organization. So I think companies that are thinking, hmm, maybe we should try that. We've got this project we really need to get done or what have you. Yep, we, we'd like to hear from you. <laughs> Kathy Whelan, Director of Career Services for the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University. We spoke on Thursday afternoon via Zoom. And that last point is important. Colleges and universities typically have students seeking additional experiential learning opportunities. So a business owner might find it beneficial to make that connection with area colleges. Still to come, crafting a state budget just days before the new fiscal year begins, and a company with a century-old name, but a fairly recent Iowa history. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. As Iowa and other states began to shut down in order to flatten the coronavirus curve, the Iowa legislature temporarily adjourned. Now, after about 10 weeks, the session is scheduled to resume on June 3rd, with a new fiscal year beginning less than a month after that. Iowa Speaker of the House Pat Grassley is a New Hartford Republican. We spoke recently about what he expects when lawmakers return to Des Moines. We'll be working on the 21 budget when we come back. I think you're going to see a, a, a change in revenue. I'd be surprised if there wouldn't be. It's difficult for me to make any predictions. What I can say, we would like to fulfill the commitments that we've made. You know, that's obviously has, has to try to be kind of your starting point. We aren't bound to... Uh, have to uh, spend the exact amount the revenue estimating conference uh, gives us. We could make adjustments within there and try to decide based on what we think we need if there needs to be an additional cushion. There's a lot of uncertainty the same way there's uncertainty with trying to figure out how we come back to session uh, and what protocols and, and safety measures need to have in place. There's just, there's just a lot of moving parts and no playbook for the situation we find ourselves in. That's why we've budgeted in a manner in which we would have ourselves with 
full cash reserve, economic emergency uh, fund full, leaving ourselves with a couple hundred million dollar ending balance. Again, this is a pretty unprecedented situation that we find ourselves in as far as what the potential impact on revenue could be, but at least we're not going into that situation being maxed out on all fronts. You have a wonderful legislative chamber, but it's elbow to elbow in there. What Mm -hmm. steps are you taking to make sure that you all can operate safely when you return on June 3rd? Yeah, and I think we've, uh, the Senator Whitford, the Majority Leader in the Senate, and I have probably spent as much time working on that as we have policy and budget things trying to figure out what that will look like to provide some assurances, not only for legislators, but the staff that work in that building as well as the public. So I think you're going to see some, you're going to see some modifications. For example, um, we're going to reserve uh, one of the galleries for members that would like any sort of accommodations to make sure that there's additional space between members. We're not going to have our clerks and pages back on the floor. It will be a very different session than anything we've really ever seen before. Um, much more trying to uh, lay out in advance what caucus time will look like and what committee meetings and when they will happen to make sure we don't have every member in the building when they don't need to be. Speaker of the Iowa House, Representative Pat Grassley of New Hartford. Up next, a heritage product finds new life and a new home in Iowa. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry, helping develop the next generation of business leaders through Leadership Iowa and Leadership Iowa University. To learn more, go to iowaabi.org. For this week's Business Profile segment, we're going to talk about a product that many of us remember being in the kitchen cupboard when we were growing up. Its history dates back to the 1880s, but it's only been made here in Iowa for a decade and a half. Elena Decker is area sales manager for the Lasoff Company, makers of Red Star Yeast in Cedar Rapids. Red Star Yeast actually started in 1882, so about 138 years ago. In 2001, the Lasoff Group, which is a privately owned family company and the world's leader in the science of yeast, actually acquired Red Star Yeast from Sensient Technologies. Shortly after that, Lasoff entered into a joint venture with ADM to create what we now know as Red Star Yeast Company. Together, they opened up the Cedar Rapids, Iowa facility in 2006. So many people know us, obviously, from the baking industry in regards to being a yeast producer, but we actually make several other ingredients that are utilized for baking. In addition, we make products for animal and human nutrition, for the ethanol industry, and also culinary flavors, such as yeast extracts used for flavorings in snacks. Overall, Red Star is, in some way or another, actually linked to 40% of the U.S. bread supply. So especially now during the crisis, we are considered an essential business. And so we want to make sure that we're able to do our part to meet the food supply requirements. So this is obviously a name that is very well known that has gone through a number of changes and it has evolved over the course of time. What was it about Cedar Rapids that made it attractive for the company to put down roots and reestablish that name here? So it was very important for Red Star when they were looking to build the new facility to have a central location and a close proximity to our joint venture partner, ADM. So Iowa is a very good location because of our ability to produce and ship coast to coast in the U.S. and also into Canada. 
And then of course there is the ADM facility located in Cedar Rapids that as our joint venture partner is able to supply us with corn syrup, which we use to grow the yeast. Obviously centrally located helps, but what is there also perhaps about the climate in the state of Iowa in terms of workforce, in terms of affordability, because obviously you could go somewhere in Missouri and be just about as centrally located. So what is it about Iowa in addition to the connection directly with ADM that makes this a good place for this business to literally grow? As I'm sure you know, Cedar Rapids is a factory town. And so there is excellent community support and local government support for food manufacturing. The workforce environment in Iowa is very favorable to meet our needs. And I may be biased being from the area, but Iowa nice is a real thing. And so the people are great and you have a very strong work ethic that comes with that. There are some challenges, I suppose, because again, you're not in a major metropolitan area. What are some of the things that you have to deal with in trying to get the product where it needs to be that potentially, if you were in a place like a St. Louis or a Kansas City, might not be front of mind? One thing that comes to mind as a challenge would be, you know, the economy in Iowa is very strong. So sometimes available workforce can be difficult to secure, you know, as expansions occur and growth occurs. So ongoing work with local officials to kind of bring qualified employees to the area to support those job functions is something that we're always working towards. That is not uncommon that we hear the number one challenge is developing a good workforce. Has it hampered your ability to meet your full potential as a company? The fact that you can put a help wanted sign in the window at least prior to the pandemic, and you just couldn't find enough people. We were actually fortunate that in December of last year, Red Star was actually voted to be the number one best place to work out of the top 15 factories located in Cedar Rapids. That was based on employee ratings on Indeed.com. So, you know, it's important that the community and, and our employees believe that it's a good place to work and can help refer their friends or family members to come work for us. You've mentioned that the Cedar Rapids area has this tradition with regard to manufacturing, with regard to food preparation. What is it about the company that you work for that uniquely places you, that places Red Star in this, if you will, history that goes back so long within Cedar Rapids, your historic company within now this historic channel of Cedar Rapids in eastern Iowa? Since the addition of the Red Star facility to the Cedar Rapids area in 2006, the company's made additional investments um, with the addition of a yeast extract facility in 2010, a pilot lab in 2016, and the last addition of a blending facility in 2018. So we've definitely expanded the site, um, and we feel that we're you know a big site but small enough that everybody knows each other, and there are still opportunities on site for growth. Obviously, you've made investments in terms of infrastructure. You've got hundreds of people that work there, so this is not a small undertaking, but you're also connected in the community, and I know during the recent pandemic, the company has taken some steps to really show that it wants to live there. Talk about some of the ways that you've been involved in the community in light of the pandemic. Yeah, our our hearts go out to everyone who's been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic, and we continue to look for ways to support our community and those in need. We made several donations throughout the pandemic, including donations of bread and cash totaling $100,000 
for food pantries in the U.S., um, more specifically in the Cedar Rapids area, the Lynn County Food Bank. In addition, we've been able to donate 1,095 masks to Mercy Medical Center and St. Luke's Hospital in Cedar Rapids, along with safety glasses for Hiawatha Care Center and Good Neighbor Society, and nitrile gloves for Lantern Park Care and Rehabilitation Center in Cedar Rapids. Why is that important for your company to make these kinds of donations or make these kinds of connections? Because you do this during the full year, not just during a pandemic, but why is this important from a philosophical standpoint for the company? It's important for us to support the community and for us to give back at all times, but especially during the current crisis. This is a question that's born out of my ignorance, but it seems to me that the product that you make, from a consumer standpoint, requires people to do a lot of baking and work in the kitchen and and this sort of thing. Are we at a point in time, because so many people are running here and there and they get processed pre-made food and takeout and everything, is this, and I don't mean to use the pun, but I will, is this a growth industry? Is this a good time for the product that you folks produce? Is business good, in other words? Early indications um, that we see are that Americans um, will consume a similar or slightly higher amount of bread or baked goods than before the crisis. Um, We're just seeing that it's from different sources. So much more um, purchases from grocery stores and people utilizing home baking and much less from restaurants and food service outlets from stadiums and hotels. So we're definitely seeing an increase in home bakers Um, which is great. And we hope that continues, you know, after people get a taste for, you know, baking in their home, they continue that even after the pandemic is over. Elena Decker, area sales manager with the Red Star Yeast production plant in Cedar Rapids, part of the LaSoft group of companies. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to TotallyIowa.com and clicking on the Radio Programs link. You'll find podcasts of this program, previous week's programs, and full interviews with many of the people you hear on this program. Those are listed as IBR Extras. And you'll find us on all the major podcast distributors, including iHeart, Google, and Apple, Subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of the programming. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry. Follow ABI on Twitter at IowaABI and online at iowaabi.org.